want to tonight. I want to kind of begin a little. Well, always ever ever seems like every winter. I'm a little late this year because winters we're coming to the end of winter. But every winter, I'll usually like, or sometime in there, I like to to do usually study a book of the Bible. And uh, I hadn't done that all winter. I hadn't done it since last winter. I know we studied Romans, the whole book of Romans. We studied Revelation one winter. We studied the words of Christ one time. We studied various things. But uh, a while back, probably a month or so ago or two months now, uh, you've heard the old saying, when you get old, a month or two could have been 20 years, right? (laughs) When I say this the other day, that might have been 20 years ago. But, uh, but no, I was studying, and the Lord had put the, the book of Galatians on my heart, and I'll, I'll share with you why in just a minute. But uh, I, I, we've studied, I know I, we've, done, we've done Bible studies on both 1st, 2nd Peter, Thessalonians, Ephesians. Uh, we've done several, but I, don't, I've never, I never really have felt the, uh, felt the leading of the Lord to study much out of the book of Galatians. Other than I've preached a lot out of it and brung various texts out of it. But the Lord put put it on my heart, and I'll, I'll share with you here in a little bit why. But I, before I do, I want to go ahead and read the, in chapter 1 tonight. I want to read the first nine verses. The first nine, and I ain't going to go no further. I'm just going to go to the chapter, verse 9, and, and whack it off. Because if, if I don't, uh, it, it gets too lengthy anyway. But let's read, let's read Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1 together tonight. And if you ain't got your Bible, of course, it's on, on the wall for you. But. Let's read it. Let's soak it up there just a little bit and let it get into our heart. But uh, here, here's what Paul said. Paul says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel, Paul says, I marvel, I'm amazed, I'm astonished, that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and unto another unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we said before, so I now say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that that you received, let him be accursed. Amen. Amen. Powerful little chunk of words right there. Amen. Let's, let's ask the Lord to bless our time tonight and his word. Father, I do. I thank you for your precious word. I thank you for this gathering. I thank you for the things you put up on my heart. And thank you for making me tender to it, dear God, and sensitive, dear God. And, and I pray now that you'll just use it, use it for, for this body that you've gathered together dear, here tonight, dear God, for the equipping and the enhancing and, and for, the, for the perfecting of this particular body, dear God, that, Lord, we'll leave here stronger than we come in. And, Lord God, we'll be fit for whatever we face tomorrow and in the next few days, dear God, because we've been in your house. So bless your word. Uh, we'll, we'll do our best, Lord, and we'll know you'll put the anointing on it, and you'll do what you want to do, for your word never returns void. So, Lord, we give you glory, just as the word said tonight. We glory in you forever and ever, and we praise your holy name tonight. And it's all in the name of our great Savior and our coming King's name, in Jesus Christ's name. And all this body, all this church said, Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord again. Let's thank Him. And Lord, we do. We thank you. And we bless you. We honor you. And Lord, it's a privilege to be up in this house tonight, Lord. I thank you for it tonight, dear God. I really do. I want to say I thank the Lord for being here because it's been two Wednesdays that I ain't been able to be here. And they wasn't no fun. <laughs> they ain't been no fun. And I'm thankful tonight that I got might have a heavy heart and about a half a half-sick body, but I'm, I am thankful to be here. 
I'm thankful to be here. This is where I need to be. It's where I got to be. This is where my help comes. This is what will heal. This is what brings healing. This is what will heal everything about me. This is what drives this. And I knew I told Brother Whitlock every Sunday, I said, I got to get here. I got to be here. And I've got to get in there. Amen. And I'm, I'm thankful to be back tonight. But uh, I want to share with you a little bit out of this out of this tonight. And one of the things... One of the things that, that really stands out or, or grabs me in this whole uh, first nine verses, if you will, is, is the fact that, that, that Paul comes and, and he's, he's having to address churches that he founded, churches that he established. And uh, he's having to address them, you know, not in, in some minute things or small things or, you know, he, he don't have to worry about the music's too loud or or the colors are in something wrong, or or somebody took so and so's parking spot. He he didn't he didn't have to even fool with none of that. Except go and say amen. <laughs> but no, he comes with something really serious, something that 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 was of a great concern and a great danger. But but according to what he's come to him and approached him with, and and really this whole letter has to deal with this. And uh, but there seems to be that there's a group in the church or the whole entire church uh it seems seems that they've they've lost the gospel that they've they've moved away from the gospel in other words you could say it that they actually lost the gospel in church and and the lord had been stirring some things in my heart anyway and 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 just because i guess after pastoring so many years and, and seeing a lot of folk come to church and and knowing other folks in other churches and, and knowing folk that, you know, that, 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 that's comers and goers. Y'all know what I mean? They've been comers and goers uh, all my day. Uh, folk that used to be here, they're they, they not here no more. And, and a lot of them, a lot of them struggling with what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, they, they lost the gospel. Lost the gospel. And really what I want to deal with this Bible study uh, over ever how long the Lord leaves us in, Gal in Galatians. And what I want to deal with is really this, and, and you might think it's a silly thought, but really I want, I want to study this portion in this, this, this particular book about really how to stay saved in church. Because there's a whole lot of folk that, 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 that don't seem to be able to stay saved in church. They, they get saved in church, but but it don't seem to be able to contain and to hold on to the gospel. And, and, and they seem, seem, seem to drift really easy and to get away. Paul, Paul said, you know what, I'm even amazed at it. He said, I marvel that you're so soon removed to another gospel, which is not even a gospel anyway. But he, he, he marveled at it. He found it actually astonishing. Now, this church, too, I want you to get this. This, this is not just some, Galatia wasn't just some liberal fly-by-night, anything-goes church. They had a pedigree. The Apostle Paul had founded this church. And I guarantee if there was anything in order in a church, it was in order in that church. Because he was the man that wrote orders. And things was done. Anything, I guarantee you, if the Spirit... Flowed, it flowed the way God, God intended for it to flow. I guarantee you, people operated in, in the way that they ought to operate it. It, was, it wasn't a liberal type mentality. No, 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 nothing like it had a pedigree. It was, it was founded fully, but in the beginning, on everything that Christ meant. He, he founded it. He appointed leaders. He built it on the foundation, and then he, he went on to do other works. And he's gotten word and come back around, and, and they've lost the gospel. Amen. Amen. So, so here's what I, I kind of come to this conclusion. It's a very real possibility that you can be in church and get away from the gospel. Anybody ever seen anybody be in church for a long time and get away from the gospel? Churches is full of folk. It's gotten away from the gospel. Faithful and regular, but away from the gospel. Oh, I'm going to clear up the mud here in a minute. Just hang with me. But it's such a possibility. So that's going to stir it in my heart. So 
I want to just kind of walk through a little bit of this letter. You can go back to, to verse 1 if, if you would, Kayla. But in the beginning, I, I just want to work through this letter a little bit and then get to where we're going. But in the beginning of this letter, of course, he knows where he's going. He knows what's on his heart. But he does a couple things. He, 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 in the first five verses, really, Paul be, wants to reestablish some things. Because like I said, he knows, what, he knows they're gone from the gospel. And he's trying to reestablish some things. So one of the first things he wants to reestablish, and we'll see it in verse 1 and 2 and whatever, is, is his, his authority. He wants to make sure they know exactly who he is. And he reestablished He said, I'm Paul. I'm the apostle. And it's, it's not by man. It's not by any man. It's not by men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. And the God, the Father, he, he, he's really, he's really, he's got the authority. And then, he, and then he backs it all, trump card and all, backs it up good with, with, with him who raised Jesus from the dead. He said, that's my authority, that's who I am. And he's just, he's just establishing who he is, he's establishing, uh, uh, and you know, and it's a big difference. You ever listen to someone who has authority and someone who really don't? <laughs> that, that's what he's just reestablishing. But the second thing, really from verse 4 to 5, is, is, is really what we need to center in. Because he has to reestablish. Go back to verse 4 now, Caleb. He wants to reestablish the gospel. Right up in front, in, in, in this letter where they lost the gospel, right up at the very beginning of this book, he's reestablishing the gospel. Just so they'll know exactly what it is. I, I want to read it for you, and then I want to share just a couple thoughts with you before we move on. We've got, we got to move a little bit, but I want to share this with you. He, he, he reestablishes the gospel by saying, and it's simple. You know, we don't got to make the gospel a big, complicated thing. No, it's simple. He says, who gave himself for our sins. Now listen, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of the Father, God, our Father. And in and you ain't got to turn there yet, but the next verse he says, and he says, glory to him forever and ever. So that, that, that's just reestablishing it. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is, is he cuts right to the point of the whole God. There's an objective. The gospel's always got an objective. It's, it's got this end goal. It's got this main thing. It's got this end purpose. It's got this target area. And the target area is to deliver us from this present evil world that's the target that's what the gospel's after that's what he's reestablishing it's got this objective to deliver us from this present evil world lots of areas I know one, one condemnation he came to deliver us from the condemnation of this world because this world is condemned and all that believe not all that believe not are already condemned. And that's why he came. To deliver us from that condemnation. That we'd not be condemned with the world. But we through him could believe unto life. An everlasting life. Forever and ever. That's, that's, that's what he come to do. He come to deliver us from, from this present evil world, this condemnation, its conditions, all the stuff we see and hear. Jesus came, that's the gospel, to deliver us from the conditions of what's going on in our world now, from its effects and, and, and from its perversions and, and from its defilement, and the conditions, from its spirit, this world's spirit. Amen. From from its systems and 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 from it from 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 its customs on and on and on and on. But that's not all of it. You know, he didn't come in just the totality to 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 keep us out of hell. That's really you know you ever think about this or or to make sure we have a place in heaven. You know you know what you know what the big heart of the gospel is. And part of the big heart of deliverance is, is to keep us out of the hands of a righteous God and deliver us from wrath, from the wrath of that righteous God because we're sinners. We're sinners. 
That's the gospel. We're sinners. And Jesus had to die. Oh, yeah. Because he died, we, we got the hope of heaven. And because he died, we, we got the hope of, of not going to hell. But Jesus died so that we'll not be into the hands of a righteous, holy God and his wrath. That what we will deserve and what we'll get without him. That's the true gospel. Wrath, that's what we deserve. But Jesus came to deliver us. That's what he's trying to say. And, and li- listen, and, and, and he gave himself for this object, for this objective. Jesus gave himself for this whole purpose. We're going to celebrate Easter here in a month or so, and you need to remember that. That's why he gave himself. For, for this end, not so you can, not so you can have fu- fulfilled life or so that you can feel fluffy or happy. No, he gave us, us his life. He, laid, he gave himself so that, so that he could deliver us. That's why. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. But that's the whole objective. That's what he did. It was to this end. He gave himself for this end. And, and it was all according to God's will. He just established it. Just in case y'all missed it, he said. In Galatia. Seems like you've missed it, he said. I'm just reestablishing. It was, you know, it's never God. It has never been God's will for any to perish. He said it wasn't. He said, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to this eternal knowledge, this eternal life. That's God's will. God, and God made the plan and sent his son to keep us out of that wrath. I don't know if, that's, I don't know if we hear near enough about that part of the gospel. We hear the feel-good stuff a lot and don't hear that part a lot. And that's, that's what they had, they had kind of moved from. But he's trying to just reestablish it. And, of course, this is all for the glory forever and ever. Forever and ever. To never and ever. So, so I want to just kind of tie into this just a little. Go to verse 6 through 9. I want to read 6 through 9 one more time. And then I'm going to share a couple thoughts. And then I'm, I'm going to let you be. Six, verse 6. Verse 6. Let's go back there again. But this is what he said. He says, I marvel. He said, he's really, that they've, they've left what I've just talked about a little bit and other things of it. But I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into this grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there will be some that trouble you and that do pervert or would pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8 and 9 again, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that which you, 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 we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. You know, there is some damned preaching. There sure enough is. There's some damned preaching. And there's some preachers that are damned. Because they do preach another gospel. I didn't say it. Paul said it. And it's a fact. And I believe it. And I believe, that's one reason I think, man, you got to stay on the gospel. Because any other thing, it's a damned preaching. That's what it is in this feel-good age of don't offend no one. Amen. Amen. And verse, verse 9, he said, and, we, and, and, and I'm going to say it again, he says. Again, I say, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, other, uh, unto you that you have received, let him be accursed or damned. Let him be damned. So, I want to. I want. I want. I want to think about it. So, so if you want to, if you want to get lost in the church, where well you just, you just kind of leave the gospel. That's what happens. People, people that get lost in church, they leave the gospel and, and and chase after something else that's really not even the gospel at all. It's not even the gospel, and we've all. We've seen that. We've seen people, and we've seen people that I felt like truly were seeking God and truly got a touch, and I'm sure they did. Surely got a touch, and surely was moving toward. They was grace working, and 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 somewhere I've I've even cried over people. I've seen people. I thought I thought 
I, I thought, man, that, that, that they got the glory forever and ever. And, and they began to follow after other gospels or other things. Move away from that which was true. And it just breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And right in the middle of church, it seems like they get lost. Right in the midst of, of, of Sunday school and right in the midst of, of morning worship and, and, and right in the midst of preaching. Oh, I've preached to a lot of folks. They just, they just seem like they lost. Come on. Not interested in the gospel that saves the soul. Not interested in the gospel. But, but begin, begin to, to, to listen to other things. That's not a that's not of the gospel. Amen. Think about it a minute. Here's I'm gonna give you just a couple quick tastes of what I'm talking about tonight. And, and I'm not gonna go into no great detail because I may go back and revisit this even next week, but I, I do want to give you a quick taste uh, on some some what, what was Paul talking about? Other gospel. Well, in context, we know as far as he was uh, dealing with the Galatians, I can know one thing that he was dealing with them about was legalism. And, and standards and, and adding adding stuff to. They, they were still believing in Christ. They were still believing in, 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 in certain parts of Christ and, and that he was the Savior. But they decided they needed, they needed circumcision and they needed uh, laws. And, and they, need, they, they were trying to blend. That, that's another gospel. They started, they started trying to bring in a legal, the, the legal system that they had come out of. What he had freed them from, Jesus freed them from, from them 9,000 commands and give them two and told them to stand fast in the liberty which with you have been made free. Told them to stand fast in that. And, and, and they decided, you know, that, that, that somewhere along the way, they, they, they left the true gospel and began to go after another. And it's one, of, one of those is like the legal, where they've got to add, want to add some stuff and want to add some do's and want to add some don'ts. And, and I've seen a lot of folk get lost in church when they start, wanting, start worrying about the more do's and don'ts than, 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 than staying with the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I've seen a lot of people get away. You know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons, I'm not going to stay here a long, long time, but one of the reasons that, that this legalism or standards or, or, or that kind of system is so, so treacherous and, and, and damned, damned according to the, our scripture, is, is, you know, one of the main things that legalism does? It minimizes Christ. Yes. It minimizes Christ and exalts you. It's not so much now what he's done, but it's more about now what I'm doing. Come on, somebody. And, and, and that's getting away. I can see why, why Paul, because I, I tried to figure this thing out. I gotta, if we go, if we go damn the preacher. We better, I want to see why is he damned, and I see why he's damned, because anytime you go to minimizing Christ and exalting man, that's damnable. That's grounds to damn right there. Amen. That's just one. Now, the opposite end of that, we, we know what it is. We know the opposite end of that. There, there's legalism, and then there's what they, uh, the, the other part. There's license or, or, or licentiousness or, or taking God's grace and and, and I, I call it nowadays, I, I, I found me a word. I tried to find me a word because I didn't want to use liberalism or that because y'all get all political on me and think I was talking about Democrats or something. Uh, uh, so so I, had, I had to hunt me up a new word because so, so this is a political charge society now. I mean, good Lord. I can't hardly say nothing. Even on Facebook, I, I, I'll fire up some of them blue bloods. I gotta be careful tonight, ain't I? <laughs> Not really. I really don't have to be, as long as I'm on the gospel. I don't really have to be careful at all, as long as you're on the gospel. But, but the other end of that, here's my new word: there's, there's a therapeutic gospel. That's not a gospel at all. 
There's this therapeutic gospel where, 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 where we started with the right thing. People got saved by the right thing or, or come awake by the right thing or heard the right things. But then, but then began to follow this feel good. This, this, I, I, I want a gospel that's going to help me be happy. Right here, tomorrow, right now. I, I want a gospel that makes me feel good. You're getting so far from the cross and the sacrifice and suffering the servants and servanthood and 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 and, and serving. All that the gospel is don't feel good. As far as this therapeutic thoughts, I can see why somebody somebody say wonder wonder why wonder why you'd go after another gospel because because the gospel ain't always easy. It sure enough ain't. And if you're looking for a feel-good, if you're looking for some therapy, some therapeutics, if you're wanting a little, a little incense, where's my incense girl over there? She is, and some oils. You <laughs> got her scentsy shirt on right now. You want a little, you want, it's all good, it's all good. I'm picking at you. You want some smelly goods there and lay back in your bubble bath and, well, you do that, but that's not the gospel. That's not what we have. That's not what's going to save us from this present world. You don't. You don't need. You don't need. You don't need no oils and and no spices mixed in with the gospel. It it does what it's supposed to do. Amen. Amen. We. This is age that goes after this therapeutic gospel to fulfill this life. And just the minute the preacher goes to preaching the true gospel that goes against the fulfillment and the happiness of this life, well, well, we it, it, that's called make room messages. Because them kind of messages make room in the church. Makes room. You start talking about, no, don't worry about being happy, be holy. That makes, that makes room in a church, Brother Angle. We got plenty tonight, but it still might make room. I don't know. But it's true. It's not about the fulfillment here in this life. It's not about happy, feel good here. It's not about successful, empowered here. But that's, that's another gospel. And, you, and people that chase that, people that chase that, they get lost. Right in church. They move away. Move away to a gospel that's not a gospel. It's not the same. It's not going to save you from this present world. Matter of fact, it's leading you right into the jaws of it. It's leading you right into the snare of it. Right into its clutches. Amen. Amen. And then there's this there's this new gospel out and and I don't really know what to call it other than what it is. And it's, it's a judgmentless gospel. Well, there is no judgment. That's in our world now. That's, the, that's one of the new gospels. There is no judgment coming. It, 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 it's, an old, it's an old gospel called universalism. It's, a, it's an old gospel that goes way back. And you can tell, you can tell when it's got a hope. Because all of a sudden evangelism and the mission, there's not the urgency. To see people saved because there's no judgment. Amen. 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 But but that's not the gospel. That's another. That's something else. And and it blurs, it blurs the boundaries. It blurs the lines. Amen. Amen. And we undervalue. What salvation even is. I'm going somewhere. Tell you, you hope so. Amen. Then there's this one. And I got to bring this in because it's a pet peeve of mine nowadays. But it's, it's a churchless gospel. The old churchless gospel that we, we got going on in our, in our age today. Where, where I don't need church. Christ, Christ died 
for this. Christ died for this body. Christ, this is, it's, it's, and matter of fact, if we don't have this body, I guarantee you we're going to follow after some other gospel. If we're not gathered together with believers, exhorting one another as we see the day approaching, I don't know how in the world we ever going to, you're not going to get this, you're not going to get this on most stage, TV stations or radio stations. Matter of fact, you're going to get the therapeutic at best, at best. You're not going to get it from a lot of folk. But amen. Amen. But, it, but it's, it's a churchless. I, I, I don't need a church to go to heaven. Well, well that's the, what the gospel's built on. He, he ordained the church to promote this tonight. Amen. Amen. I got to throw this one in just because of the age we're in. It's a political gospel. And, and all that is is, is, is activists and, and rallying. It's not a gospel at all, but they find, find social or, 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 or political things to rally around and, and maybe put Christ's name on it. But it's no gospel. Amen. It, it, it's about some cause. It's, about, it's really about making this world better. And when that's, that's not what the gospel was ever about. The gospel was about making the people in this world. Transforming them. I can't find nowhere in the gospel that he came to transform the world. He came to transform us. Yeah. So I could go on. They, they uh, probably a, a thousand other gospels. I don't know. I just thought of a few. But there probably is. But I want you to think about this a minute. Go to verse 6. I want to go back to verse 6. I want to read this verse one more time. You're reading them verses to death, Brother Lee. Oh, but they're good. He says this. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. And herein lies the heart of how folk get lost. It's, it's, not, that, it's not so much the power of the other messages. It's not so much sometimes even the power uh, of the flesh of the one hearing because some of those things appeal to the flesh. I know they do. I know old, some of them therapeutic preachers, they, they appeal. Sometimes I even, I even say, man, that sounds good. And he smiles so pretty. And it does sound so good. And something in my, something all down in my bearer witnesser gets that weird willy feeling. That's called discernment. Country, that's country discernment. When you get that weird willy feeling, that's country discernment. I get that, I get that feeling and something tells me this ain't the gospel. This ain't, I got one thing I learned these past two weeks, this ain't my best life now. It's not. My best life's coming. Hey! Hey! I'm going to tell you right now, your best life's coming if you're following Jesus Christ. Your best, hey! Hey! Your, your best life's yet to be. My Bible tells me we endure this. We struggle through this. We fight and we toil through this. We war through this. We sweat and labor through this. Ain't a bind that junk. Amen. But herein, it, it's, not, it's not that that's just attractive. It's not that. Herein is the reason that how people and the gospel itself gets lost. How the gospel gets lost in church. It's in that verse. I never really paid it much attention, but I want you to think about it. Any, any deviation or any perverting of grace at all, and you've lost the gospel. Think about that. Any deviation, 
whether that's whether that's on the legalism side or whether that's on the license side. When anytime we begin to deviate from grace other than the way God has spoken it and put it in that book, if we deviate it, we're beginning to lose the gospel. We try to add something to it, we're losing the gospel. When we try to make grace cover things that God can take away and use in our life and, and strengthen us in and, and make help us be overcomers with, hey, we're, we're losing the gospel if we don't. Any deviation, any perversion of it, any distorting. Yes, exactly. That's it. Because feelings do that. Feelings distort grace. Whatever it is. That's where they had lost it. I'm marvel. I'm amazed that you're so soon removed from him that called you into this grace of Christ. And when you lost, when you moved from that grace, you went to another gospel. It's not the true gospel anymore. You've lost that. And you are. You're on another, another gospel. So, as we close out the last few minutes that I got tonight, I just wanted to give you a few practical words with that thought in mind. That's just all that come in my heart. I want to give you a few practical words about, about man not deviating from this grace. Because if... The, if that's how we lose the gospel, man, we need to sit up in here. We need to sit up in here tonight and not let the gospel, not let the grace be distorted or deviated from or perverted. And we need to get it in our heart. One of the things that come in my heart as I was thinking about this, this message, thinking about this Bible study, thinking about the words of Paul was this. And I believe this. I, I believe if, if we're not going to pervert it or deviate from it, I believe we must be relentless. I do. And I, when I say that, I mean, when I say that's a big word, I, I try to use a big word for drama effect, but it's the truth. We need to be relentless in, in making sure that we keep the grace at the center of everything. Everything. It needs to be the central force, the central subject, the central focus. Relentless in keeping grace central. And here's just a couple practical thoughts about that, how I believe that can be done. And one of those is, is this, is we've got to stay amazed, keep being amazed by it. Think about that a minute. Fascinating. Grace fascinates the fire out of me. Especially, and maybe, and maybe it took me to get older to really realize it, but and maybe because I was, maybe I had missed the grace a few times in my life. I believe I had. I believe I've got on the do's and don'ts. I told you one time I'm a recovering legalist. Oh, I could preach the law. I remember Brother Albert Cox. He'd come to hear me preach somewhere, and I preached a fire out of hell. There wasn't even a flame left in hell. I preached it so hot. I preached that. I mean, I preached hell up one side, down the other. I had everybody going to hell. And I'll never forget him and his loving way and his old rough voice, his big blue eyes. He grinning at me, grabbing me around the neck. Them older people were strong, even when they were old. Pulled me in there. And he said, he said, when you preach them to hell, son, make sure you preach them a way out. <laughs> and then he laughed. Patted me on the back, and he said, that was scary preaching. <laughs> oh, it took him. I got away from the grace. Yeah, good man. I got away from, from the central. Now, I'd done fine, like he was saying, I had done fine had I, had I showed him the door. I just, I got so wrapped up in the heat, I forgot to show them the door. 
<laughs> and that's why. And, 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 and like I said, now as I've gotten older, man, I, I'm amazed by grace. And if we're going to keep it, you, you got to keep, you got to keep your fascination with it. Your astonishment. I'm amazed sometimes. I look back at my life and I look, and you've heard all my stories, and I'm not going to try to repeat any of them tonight. But I'm amazed at what grace has done in my life. And it's all, see, that's what I say, I know it's all grace. It's every bit's been grace. I'm here tonight just because of grace. I'm just here tonight. This, I, I, I got here by the, the gospel because of grace. That's why that's all I reason I'm here. Don't never take it for granted. Don't take it grand for granted at all. Just I don't and maybe this happens. I don't know. Maybe this did happen to the Galatians. Maybe they'd been in church a while. Maybe they'd been there a long time. I've learned that sometimes. Sometimes they got big heads, maybe, and little hearts. Started getting away from grace. Thinking they were something. Y'all been to some of them churches, ain't you? Or they sit up on the pew like they like they they all that. Like grace, like grace didn't save them. They were so stinking smart. They smarted themselves into heaven. Well, I done found out that that just puffs up them big-headed suckers. They not saved at all. They just got big heads and little hearts. So we can't take it. I don't care how long. And that happens. I know it does. Lots of learning and doctrine and, and, and all that. Got familiar with it. You know, you don't grow in it either automatically. Have you learned that? You know, Jesus and Peter, he tells us that you need to grow in the grace of and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that don't happen just naturally. You, you can't just go about your business and grow in grace. You'll get away. You can't just grow in grace. Not, it's, not like, it's not like just eating sweet taters and mac and cheese and a big steak every now and then and you're growing. No, it don't happen automatically. It's a purposeful thing. It's an intention. It's it's understanding. It's admiring it. it, it it's not. Ta- I need to. I can't lose my taste for grace. I've got to keep a taste for it. So here's what's happened to me, and I, I brought a little bit of this out Sunday. Here's what's happened to me, though. I've started looking for it. If it don't happen automatic, and i got to grow in it, I've started looking for grace, God's grace. I look at it in every realm of my life now. When I see somebody, when I'm talking to somebody, maybe that's why I get that distant look. Maybe that's why I seem distracted. Maybe that's why I seem unfocused. I'm looking for grace. I'm talking to you, but I'm looking for grace. When I see people in need, see people hurting, every word they say, I'm searching for grace. And all my pain, all my hurts, I look for grace. That's what I'm looking for. told you Sunday, I was looking for grace when I left church. And I'm going to tell you, tell you a little story. This ain't part of the message, but I feel led to tell it. I left here Sunday morning, and I felt good in the Lord because I believe his word. But let me just tell you something. I, only, I preached half of that verse the other morning, and I didn't share the other half too much where he says, I will gladly rejoice in my weakness or my sorrows or my pain. I really couldn't preach that yet Sunday. It was hard for me to rejoice in the pain that I felt. I wasn't there. Now, I know his grace is sufficient in this pain, this weakness, but I hadn't found the grace that I was needing that would make me say, 
I was glad to rejoice in this time. You know, I, I went, got up Monday morning, got to do all my feeding, got, got to go six places. We got cows in six different places. We ain't got fields big enough to put them all. <laughs> they all scattered out all over the neighborhood. And got to go check on them. They're starting to have calves now and all that junk. And, but but I got one little batch up there at my dad's. I never used to have to check them because he lived right there. And he, cause he that's what he loved to do. They were his babies. And they were some of his favorites. So he kept them out at the house. I know you don't supposed to have favorites, but he did. So I, I have been going up there, and so I went up there, and, and just like I always do, and I, I fed and went on, and and I still dwelling on this grace thing, still dwelling, still hurting, and I couldn't stand it. I, I walked up on his porch, and today's been gone two weeks. I walked up on his porch and just couldn't help myself, and I, I went to the window. I went to the window, and I sat down right there, and up against the window, and uh, I just stared. And I stared and I stared and I stared and I don't know how long it seemed like forever, but I was just, I was just soaking it up. Those memories was coming and memories was going, and, and I was thinking of all, all the times, and I just, I just couldn't pull away. And I was, I was entrenched, and 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 directly, right behind me on his porch, he, he he's got this thing for wind chimes. I don't know what it was. You wouldn't think it. Big old rough redneck, big old burly mountain man. And he loved wind chimes. And I'm like, that's just so girly. <laughs> but he loved wind chimes. And and he had made one, big one. He'd made a huge one and out of aluminum. And I don't know what all was in that thing. And that thing, man, it sound it really sounds off. And 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 there. Right after daylight Monday morning, I had my face pressed. I will tell you this why I blow breath on his window. And I put a heart on it. And uh, just about the time I did that, I, I heard I heard that set of chimes that he made begin to rattle. And and and, and it began to make a sound that that was out of the norm because I usually did I never paid any attention to that junk. But when they began to, to make a little music, it was caught my, it was like a spirit. Now, I don't care what you think about I'm not one of them guys that goes around looking for signs. I don't look in the clouds trying to make out a name. or, or I, I just don't do that. Now, I look for grace, but I, I, I'm not sign hunting. I don't look for this or look for that. But, but I'm going to tell you what, I, I, know, I know God when I, when I hear him. Even in a chime. And as I stood there and, and that thing began to make the prettiest noises. And it come back, flooded back in my mind. The grace. Surprised by grace. And I was. I was surprised. And what surprised me was the peace. The comfort. That flooded my soul. And the tears that were coming, they, they, they really went away to a, to a happiness. And I was good with that. I was good with where that story ends. But I didn't know that's not where the story ends. But I, I kind of rejoiced and I thanked God. And I thought, wow, this is exactly what I preached on yesterday morning. Surely this is sufficient. I bless the name of the Lord. And I marched off that porch, jumped in my little truck, and headed to the house. And I pulled up in my driveway, and my Jenny, at that very moment, and she'd already seen it, but at that moment, I, when I got to my house, I always look at my phone, who, who, whose calls have I missed? Usually a few, whose text? I pulled it out, and there's one Snapchat from Jenny. I'm a Snapchatter. I pull it out, and I pull it up. And she's holding somebody anonymously had went to her had, at her work had put in her mailbox at work a set of chimes. A set of chimes, and she's holding them up. She don't even know what I've been through that morning. She don't know what's going on. And 
she takes three pictures, first of all, of the chime. She's holding them. And then on the back side of the main thing that makes the chime, the dinger, this big gold plate, and it's got my daddy's name inscribed on it with Pawpaw. Lemuel Sarver Jr. Pawpaw. And then, and then, hold it. On the other side, she give me the third picture. It said this. Know that I'm near when the wind blows. That's why I look for grace. That's why I look for grace. That's why I love grace. Grace bought me. Grace saved me. Grace has brought me this far, so far. Grace shall keep me. Grace shall keep me. I'm going to keep it close. I'm going to keep grace close. You know what I've learned when you keep grace close? You're okay with being real. You are. You're okay with, with sharing your sins with him, the altar, whoever else. Because grace. Now, every time we have an altar call, every time I hear a song, every time I hear a testimony, while you was telling that story, I was listening for grace. I'm just going to urge you. Man, look for grace. When we come to this altar, that's... I'm not wanting you to be dutiful. I'm not wanting you to punch punch your 10-second prayer for Wednesday night. No, we come to this altar. We are looking for grace because God's word's been spoke. His spirit is moved, and we go up there before him that he might show us grace at his throne. And that's what we'll do tonight. Paul, come on. Come on up here, buddy. Don't treat it lightly. There's such a great danger in that, and we cannot lose it. We cannot lose it.